0: 91.9 FM, KWSO, Honoring Veterans. Warm Springs tribal member Chesley Yatin served as a combat medic in five of the ten army campaigns during the Korean War. He was wounded twice and earned at least eight commendations. After returning stateside, he came home and ended up AWOL from the army. He was given a bad conduct discharge. Support to appeal that ruling based on his dismissal without a proper hearing and because post-traumatic stress disorder was not yet identified or even understood, was successful more than 50 years later. In 2005, the Army changed his status to honorable discharge. That afforded Yatin the right to the veterans' benefits he had earned and, more importantly, the acknowledgement of all that he had done for his country. From the KWSO archives, Chesley Yatin shares... His military experience.
1: I was a little old for my class and so I decided that I needed to get out and learn something to uh, uh, some sort of a subject that I could be able to live on once I got out of there. So I joined up immediately here, in, here at Bend, Oregon and Then I was sent to Portland. Then from there we went down to Monterey, California, which is uh, Fort R., California. I took basic there for eight months. Thereafter I was given a little short holiday to speak, and then after that I was sent to Fort East. Uh, I ended up in Japan, and I was... um, my post was up there in northern Japan by the name of Camp Sapporo, and I spent a little over a year there, and there, uh, my, what I had thought I was getting in for didn't work out really good for me in that I wanted to be an engineer rather than the medical battalion which at that time was very boring. He sat in classes from from 8 in the morning until 5 just trying to learn medical things to take care of people that were wounded. But anyway, I stayed there in Japan for right up to the time that the Korean War started, which was June 25th, which was on a Sunday 1950. Thereafter, near to my lifestyle, at that very time I was um, became a train guard. And I had to train equipment going down to uh, past uh, Yokohama. I had to ride that train back and forth for a few days, guarding our equipment. Then from there, from that then, we ended up at a hospital. and. Uh, There I was doing what I was taught, which was to evacuate the wounded, which was what I had trained for, and these people would come in there from the ships, uh, on ships and uh, planes there, and then we would pick them up and take them to the hospital, which was at that time was Fukuoka, Japan, just not very far from Sasebo. So after this, I was sent to Camp, Camp Fuji. That's a huge mountain there in Japan, southern Japan. Uh, to my surprise, we were there for intensive combat training, which again was a surprise to me because I didn't train to be a combatant. And so we went through several weeks of relearning to handle weapons and grenades and of all sorts. We were there for quite a while. Then in uh, some some place first of September, and there somewheres we got um, loaded up on these ships, and and we was uh, probably halfway over, there and we learned that we was going to that we was going to go go to Pusan, Korea, which is uh, was a huge ripple dipple to send people off to the different units, and up there and. At the very beginning, after we landed there, we went up Central, South Korea, about a third way up—oh, we was almost to the 38th uh, parallel. And uh, it wasn't real bad for me at that time. It was just doing what I was supposed to do—evacuate uh, the wounded from the front line, at least a mile away from there. Which what I had expected from the beginning, we weren't too involved with any kind of combat situations. Uh, we had one ambush, but that was very little. Lasted about fifteen minutes and it was over. <clears throat> so I kind of got my, uh, what would you call, initiation into combat. You could find out what it was like to have somebody shooting at you. After that, we were shipped back to um, the Pusan, and there we had to lay and wait out there in the hills in those little old bitty tents, I guess, for a while. Then around the first part of uh, September, they uh, loaded us up on boats and hauled us up to Inchon, which was the beginning of my Hell in in Korea. My basic life lifestyle changed. Uh, it changed me a whole lot. Of course, I didn't know that at that time. I got off with of the Marines there, Brinchang, to evacuate the wounded. But then when I did get off and go in there, I had no connection with my officers or anybody else for that matter, and I had to pretty much do these things on my own. I'll tell you, I guess at that time my mind was kind of in a whirlwind because I didn't really know what was... I see what was going on, but I questioned it in that there were other people in my unit, and I didn't see them around there, just me. And then uh, after the Inchon thing kind of blowed away, we were shipped below Sewell, behind a great big butte there, you crossed the, what was a bridge, but it was a pontoon bridge at that time, and we bivouacked south of Sewell. Probably about five miles, which then I received my first assignment there again. That was uh, totally different to me in that I had to be taken across the Yellow River under night conditions and go to a certain point to east of Sioux, the great big butte east of Sioux there, where I ended up, and to my surprise. I ended up with um, the Rock soldiers. There I had a terrible time because we could not communicate. Uh, I got there, I seen no front-line medic, nobody to bring those wounded down from the actual fighting, which was only uh, 500 to 600 yards from my location. And there, there the, uh, my uh, thinking and everything, Started to change. I, t- I did since that were out of the ordinary, and then today I question it. Why did I do this? And why did I uh, sacrifice my life to walk out there and drag this Korean out of fire line? It just came on automatic. And on September 19th, in in protecting my Korean wounded, and then Kay came up in front of me, probably about 15 feet, 18 feet away from me. And you see, his intention was to kill us all, but fortunately, I had a weapon, and I, I took his life just to save those South Koreans, and even that is a question
0: to me today. The Battle of the Chosen Reservoir was a decisive battle in the Korean War. It was a brutal 17 day battle in freezing weather. In the period between 27 November and 13 December 1950, 30,000 United Nations troops, nicknamed the Chosen Few, were encircled by about 60,000 Chinese troops. Although outnumbered, the UN forces broke out of the encirclement while inflicting crippling losses on the Chinese.
1: About, about Chosen Few, which was what we regard as frozen hell, uh, we were sent up through those different cities. I guess that we were the first ones to head out there and we were to go to past Chosen Reservoir up clear up to Hyasinjin, which is uh, Next to the Yellow River, across from the Manchurian border, and uh, we got to see that because it was no picnic. And we were promised too that at that time the uh, generals told us there that we would be home for Thanksgiving. And that really lightened up my feelings and thinking that I was going to get out of that get out of that situation. But that, actually, that didn't really happen because the Chinese had already <coughs> situated themselves on those big hills on our way back out. And uh, that became quite a mess because we were eventually uh, spread out. We ended up with different people on our way out. Uh, a lot of trucks on White Ave that didn't run anymore were pushed over put on fire and all the important matters taken off. We ran into several ambushes before we actually got to Chosen Reservoir. And it was just uh, scratch and hope for the best all the, all the way out. And uh, eventually I ended up with the 31st, 31st Infantry Regiment. A few guys from there and uh, I didn't really know where I was, who I was with, and I, I had learned this after this all had happened. But uh, it wasn't something that somebody would really want to uh, draw opinions on It was just plain hell, I guess, that a person to really realize what I'm saying would have to be in this kind of situation to really know what I'm talking about. Uh, I didn't quite make it. I was just a ways from the Hangnam Finn. There's another place called Ham Hung or something to that effect. And uh, we'd, well, there was only the three of us and we drew small arms fire. And uh, during this thing I got uh, hit and and just that, pretty much in at my time there at the chosen War. As uh, December 7th, I was flown out of there to uh, southern Korea. Then from there, I was uh, shipped to a hospital, the very hospital that I worked in there in Sh- in Fukuoka, Japan. Of course, I ended up there for four months: was December, January, February, March. And finally, I was released in April, and uh, upon that time, I didn't want to go nowhere else. I wanted to get back to my buddies, so they shipped me back to Korea, and I spent a more, little more time up until October with my buddies. Thank you. Veterans Day to me, I guess I'd have to relate to, to my era of this combat life, in that there are a lot of people that are not with us, and the chosen, i seen a lot of people lose their life, and even today, I always say why. Even though that I thought my time was going to eventually come, as people were dying right and, right and left of me, some people in front of me, lost a dear friend. And from that day on, I I didn't want to know anybody. I wanted to be myself, nobody to worry about but me. I seen a guy go down, and this word was always better you than me. But there are a lot of friends out there that didn't come home, and those are the ones that I am talking for today. And some of them I miss. I miss their joking and talking. And even there, we were given rations of beer, so we did get sometimes did get to drink a few we had the time. So my feeling goes, as far as Veterans Day, is for those guys that I knew that didn't come home. Some of them came home, but not in all. They left part of their mind over there.
0: Warm Springs Tribal Member and Army Veteran, Chesley Yateen.
1: To the young people, I have to say today that this end with the service is all up to you. But in my thoughts, I wouldn't recommend it. It is pure hell. And after you come home, Nobody will want to accept you. Nobody will want to talk to you. Go all to yourself. And that, that is the way that I would feel about our young people. They would be better off to go and get educated and learn how to live here on the res and be able to support yourself in a good way not minding the uh, bad things that go with it. Guys, ladies, just bear in mind, whatever you do if you go to the service is not really for you. It's for them. They're not going to in any way be able to thank you in a true manner and tell you, okay, you've done this for us, we will repay you. No, no, they won't. The government is still fussing with Indian people today. So you need to learn to take care of yourself. Stay away from drugs and alcohol. Thank you.